now time for Sally's message. Um, during the what she has to say, there'll be four pauses for reflection on what she's been saying. Now, I will introduce those uh, periods of reflection. Um, and then we thought that at the end, during our morning tea, if people wanted to share ideas and experiences on what we're hearing today, that would be a good time to do it. So Sally, thank you very much. We'll hand over to you. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, Sally. We are all different. And this is certainly not a profound statement for those of us who are looking at each other via Zoom this morning. One of the wonders of God's creative work is that each of us is unique. Yes, truly made each of us in the image of God, but with our own physical features, our personality, our character traits, our weaknesses and our strengths. And for each of us, there have been those influences on our lives that have helped to shape us into the people we have become. Our family backgrounds, the many other people with whom our lives have been intertwined through the years in the spheres in which we have moved. Education, and other pursuits have shaped us. And the communities where we have lived and worked have left their mark on us. And out of all of this has come our varying priorities and interests. All of these going to help to make up who we are. And then above all else, that relationship with Jesus that through the years has been changing us into the people that we are. Just stop there and think on the various influences that have been brought to bear on your life. Thanks, Sally. For a moment, let's think about what life was like for Jesus with the mixed bag of disciples that he had. Yes, there were two sets of brothers, James and John, Peter and Andrew. Yes, they were all fishermen, but they were different. They'd come from different families. Then you put into the mix a tax collector and a zealot and six others whose backgrounds we don't have a lot of information about. He had one very outspoken disciple and he had two who were looking for greatness in the kingdom. No doubt the lives of these 12 
changed as they walked with Jesus for three years. But they were still very human. Often they misunderstood. And we read on one occasion that they were arguing over greatness. We come to the early church, which was not without its challenges. Paul and Barnabas had differing opinions about John Mark and his usefulness. And then there were the big questions about meat offered to idols, to eat or not to eat. And then there came the time when the Jerusalem Council had to determine what requirements they would place on Gentile believers. All of these times when different opinions emerged. Let me tell you that the mission field was, and no doubt still is, often made up of a very diverse group of people who have differing opinions on many things. And when you put those people together and they are living in a confined situation, these differences can be accentuated. Often people with whom we would not necessarily associate in Australia or in another home country find themselves living, eating, socialising, working, ministering together. And there's not much getting away from it. Life was interesting at times. I lived with 17 different people during my 17 years in Papua New Guinea. I could probably say that I actually lived with 17 people during 15 years because I had several home assignments which mounted up to close to two years. At times, there were two of us in a home together, other times three, other times four. And the married couples would sometimes say to us, we chose the person that we live with. For you single people, you're just put together and you're there with people that you might never have selected as house companions or friends. And little things, very little things, can become the source of tension. Living in a house with others and sharing a common purse for the housekeeping for <coughs> over a month could be interesting at times. The first person, the person to cook in the first week, might be very extravagant in what she used. And so it would make it harder for those who followed, especially for the one who came on the fourth week of the month. The supplies could be getting a bit meagre. When you live with someone who's come off of a dairy farm in Western Victoria, she can't quite understand why it's margarine instead of butter. And then there are some people who are up and bright and chirpy as soon as they rise. Then there are others who would prefer not to be spoken to till well after breakfast. 
Now, it wasn't all on the singles. We weren't the only ones who had little things that would cause tension. Married couples had their challenges. I saw relationships become frayed on a small station where we had two families and four single women. The two families had very different ideas about raising, disciplining their children. And this led to an unpleasant situation and tension between them. Education of missionaries' children, another very, very big issue. For some families, to keep the children at home and to keep the family together and to have the children on distance education was the priority. Others focused on the possibility of having their children in a bigger school community. And so they were prepared to send them away and have them cared for in a hostel. These differing points of view, very big things for families. These differing points of view needed to be respected. Perhaps some of the things that I've mentioned may appear very small, but there were bigger ones that were work related. And as I said, they all had the possibility of escalating in a confined community. And then there was the challenge of working alongside national people who had totally different values and priorities who saw the world in quite a different way from the way we as Westerners viewed it. It was a case of accepting one another, remembering that we had each been on different journeys. Paul told the Romans to accept one another then, just as Christ has accepted you in order to bring praise to God, not just to accept for, for peace sake, but in order to bring praise to God. Paul called the Ephesians to bear with one another in love. Colleagues could stretch one, one's patience, and I'm sure I stretched theirs at times. One person that I lived with sadly had a very poor me, almost martyr-type complex. Not easy to live with day after day. But as I learned more of the background from which she had come, I saw my own blessings and realised that in many ways I was rich in comparison with her. Accepting, respecting, and bearing with others is very important. And not holding on to the belief that my way is the only way, or that my way is the right way. Let's just stop now for a while and think on what we've think about what we've just heard. Accepting, respecting 
and bearing with others in situations where our different backgrounds might have led us to different understandings or different approaches to our faith. Sally. <clears throat> Joy Atkinson talks of life at Bukurumpa, the base for Wycliffe Bible translators in Papua New Guinea. This was and still is a huge base with people from many different countries and therefore from many different backgrounds. Joy says that theologically differences range from Mennonites to charismatics, and everything else in between. But that there was amazing fellowship. Now, I'm sure that they were not free from some of the tensions that I've mentioned earlier. But as they served, they were held together by their common purpose to get God's word out to the people of Papua New Guinea. The same can be said of Mission Aviation Fellowship. People, again, pilots, engineers, admin workers and others from all around the world coming together and held together because they are flying for the gospel. In seeking to work together, it's very important to be able to see what is truly important. What is our real purpose? And what are the things that are only peripheral? I recall one of our mission leaders encouraging us to remember who it was who called us to serve and to keep our focus on him. And I think that that comment to us that encouragement to us came at a time when some of our opinions on the field differed from those in the home base in Melbourne. A call to remember that it wasn't the mission who called us, but that it was Jesus Christ who called us to serve. And that's where our focus needed to be. Back here in Australia, we come across similar challenges as we serve. In our op shop at Scullin, volunteers have different ideas about what's worth keeping from the donations and what should be disposed of. And yes, when people put the price tags on, people have different ideas about that too. And some of this comes from people's backgrounds, their values, their past experiences. And again, we need to keep our eye on the big picture of why we are there and not allow little things to divide us. There are similar challenges as we work alongside people within the church community. Some of my very dear friends from other cultures 
manage things in the kitchen very differently from what I do. Are these things really important? Do I have to expect them to do the things in the way that I do? And yes, at times some of them have very different ideas about what church should be like because of the backgrounds from which they have come. And there are things that I can learn from them. In a human family, we have differences, but there is a bond that holds us together. In the family of God, who we are together in Christ, there will be differences at times. We may differ over doctrine and over practice, as well as some other very ordinary things. The question is, how big are the things over which we differ? Is it necessary for me to win the argument over a certain theological opinion and to try to convince the other person that I am right? Or am I able to respect the other person and their point of view, even though I see things differently? Am I able to see this person as my brother or sister in Christ and to focus on what we hold in common rather than on those points where we differ? Again, the call is to respect one another and as the scripture encourages us to honour one another above yourselves. Let's, let's pause again for a while now. Think about what it means to honour one another above yourselves by endeavouring to understand them, valuing them as God values them. Let's pause and think about that for a while. Thanks, Sally. <laughs> Many of the things over which we may have different opinions are not major. Maybe the music styles, or the use of media, or the way that the communion service is conducted, or the seating arrangements in the church, or a whole lot of other things. Many of these relate to traditions and preferences in church practice. They are not what we are really on about, the task of making Jesus Christ known. Do not judge one another. Actually, those exact words do not appear in scripture, but the thought and the encouragement to refrain from passing judgment on another occurs numerous times. The picture that is used in scripture of the church is the picture of the body made up of differing parts. 
and the giftedness that each person brings to the body is special. And without each person and each part, the body lacks. The scripture calls us in the body to unity, not uniformity. When I hear the word unity, it has for me a sense of warmth about it. The word uniformity, though, gives me that sense of rigidity and legalism. Where there is unity, the varying views, the opinions, the ideas can be brought together. They can all have a part in helping us to discern what God wants. But again, not fighting for one particular point of view, but being ready to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Why? Why submitting out of reverence for Christ? Unity is taking all things, the identical and the different, treating them as part of the whole. And yes, in a very beautiful way, our differences can become our strength. So again, let's pause and reflect. Even where we have striking personality differences in the church, think about those words of scripture, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Thanks, Sally. Unity is God's way. It is his very nature. God is three beings, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, who coexist perfectly as one God, operating in different ways and serving different functions, all contributing to the whole. What a model we have. I came across these guiding principles as I prepared for this morning, and they seem really helpful in this area of living and working together with those who may differ from us. And they may possibly be an opportunity for people to um, contribute over morning tea. First, a consideration of the issue over which your opinion may be different from that of another person. How big is the issue over which you differ? Is it an essential truth of the gospel? about which I cannot compromise. If so, it will need grace in handling this. Second, is it important for 
but not a saving truth, and therefore we may need to agree to differ. Three, is it an interesting point of view, but not essential or important? Those relate to the issue itself. Now, second, about my relationship with the person with whom I differ. What do I owe the person who differs from me? I owe them respect, love, patience, understanding. How can I learn from them? Is there something in their approach to the particular situation we are facing that could be helpful to me? And three, how can I get on with them? Remember, the call is to live in harmony with one another and above all, to love one another as we have been loved. I realise that these words will be used as a prayer as we close, but I would like to use them here once again. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, for it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. Amen. Thank you, Sally. That um, message was as profound as it is timely. It's something we all need to hear and to be constantly reminded of the two great commandments. Love the Lord your God, love your neighbour as you love yourself. And everything else that sums up the entire law and the prophets. And we do well to always meditate, think on how we can manifest our love for God and our love for our neighbour and particularly our love for one another in the body of Christ. We're going to have our pastoral prayer now, and it's going to be led for us by Bernard. Thank you.